0: go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. Hello and welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one podcast all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend Kelly. Kelly, we've reached the end of another year of wrestling.
3: We did it. We we made it through and I guess we're just going to start another one next year.
0: Hopefully, as we always hope with the end of every year, hopefully next year will be even better than this year. Uh, But hopefully by the end of next year, I really have my fingers crossed and maybe I'll jinx the whole thing right now. I'm hoping next year at this same time when we're doing the year end reviews, we're saying, wow, isn't it great that early in 2023, every pro wrestling show allowed cheering?
3: Uh, Taylor, I regret to inform you that you just created (laughs) COVID-20.
0: Yeah, I probably did, but um, (laughs) that's my hope. I would love to host a podcast uh, about wrestling, where wrestling is able to do full wrestling shows. That
3: would be nice.
0: It's uh, been nearly three years of doing this, and we're still doing this shit. So it's hard to believe. <laughs> Probably if you go back to, like, episode 10, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for cheering coming soon. And here we are, <laughs> episode 71. And still waiting. We've gotten some. Yep. gotten some Tokyo Joshi shows and some other shows. But my fingers, I cannot cross my fingers any harder <laughs> that next year is the year. I believe. Yeah. You have to believe. Because I think what else would you do? Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope. If it hasn't happened next year, it it will never happen. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But so this episode is going to be our year in review episode. We're going to talk all our awards, all the categories, everything you want. Match of the year, wrestler of the year. and all the way down. But before we do that, we got to get in the plugs as always. Follow us on Twitter at jbombaudio. You can follow Kelly at Kelly, and you can follow me at TameAimbo. Subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate if you gave us a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, You can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So let's get right into it. We're going to be doing the awards. But Kelly first, what were your thoughts on the year overall?
3: It's weird. It's it's a year that like there's a lot of good. There's a lot of really good stuff. But also, there isn't, like, that one crystallized match that'll just, like, this is a classic. It'll remain in my brain forever. And just, I don't know. there This year, they didn't... There wasn't that moment where it was like... Because last year, I had the Chris brooks Lulu pencil match where it's like, yep, this is a classic. This is one of my favorite matches ever. I'll remember it till the day I die. This year, there was a lot of great stuff that I went through my notes... And I had zero recollection of, and I had to go back and rewatch for this. <laughs> so it's just, it, it was a weird year. Overall,
0: good, but
3: I also forgot a ton of it.
0: My strongest feeling personally, and I felt this in the middle of the year um, as well, so I sort of started feeling it partway through the year, and then it didn't go away, was that I really felt, um, and I'm sort of spoiling generally some of our picks here, I very much struggled and frankly didn't succeed in finding things outside of the big two, I'll call them, which is stardom and Tokyo Joshi. I thought it was really a year and not really through the fault of stardom. It wasn't stardom or Tokyo Joshi sort of targeting. But it felt like a year where sort of that middle level, I'll call it, which I always thought of as like Ice Ribbon and Seedling, you know, those type of promotions. Ice Ribbon was sort of the quasi number three, and they had a very tough year where it felt like they sort of dropped off the map. Uh, Seedling who had had many years of sort of these very long, interesting storylines that were getting paid off, felt like they sort of struggled uh, with Danai leaving and some injuries. So it really felt like that middle level disappeared to me. And it felt very much like stardom and Tokyo Joshi way up at the top and everything else very separated sort of in another place I don't mean to say like at the bottom as if they're terrible but in terms of the memorable things you know every the last 2 years we've done this I've always had some non stardom and tokyo joshi matches make my top 10 and often very high last year I had the uh Gaia uh main event as my number 1 match of the year this year I there really was there was a lot of good stuff, but nothing that cracked into that top level. Um, so I'm interested to see in 2023 if that continues, or if maybe one of these smaller promotions can, you know, rise up a little, get some momentum going, and make a mark.
3: Essentially, I also think a part of it is just time because there we covered a lot of stardom there was a lot of shows and I feel like it just didn't leave us time to watch a lot of other stuff so it's we kind of just watched a ton of stardom and stuff and then a lot of the stuff we'd have to go farther to seek out or it's just like by the time we had time to watch it it's like fuck I don't want to watch wrestling anymore (laughs) I want to do literally anything else.
0: Well, and I think part of it is, like we just talked about, this sort of crowd cheering as well, uh, crowd noise, crowd levels, in that even some stardom matches I've talked about on this show were affected by the fact that there was no cheering. And we're talking about these sort of big matches and big venues with a lot of people. And then you're talking about, okay, you have that same effect sort of in a smaller venue. And so you're almost doubling the effect because then all of a sudden there's less people and it feels sort of these small shows can sometimes really be brought up by the crowd. The crowd is really into it. And then you're watching a show from, I don't know, Shinjuku Face and no one's really making any sound. And it just all feels like, oh, this is very small.
3: Yeah, you know, one I, match... these past years have kind has really hurt Japanese crowds because they've just been conditioned to react in a certain way now. It COVID turned cra- Japanese crowds into what Chris Jericho told everyone they were.
0: Yeah, and it's now that we're sort of getting the cheering crowds i think that might also affect it because some will be cheering and some will be not so you'll have to sort of do this switch between oh this is great you know the tokyo joshi all rise show that we just covered had cheering and it's like a reminder of how good or how much crowds can elevate a match and then you go to another show where there's no cheering and you're like, oh. I just came from a show that had cheering. I sort of want that. Yeah. Um, And how valuable crowds are in taking matches from your like, oh, I enjoy this into something that's like, wow, this is really great. Uh, So we, uh, you know, we'll have to see. I don't know. I can't predict the future, certainly after the last three years. Uh, Not even going to try to predict (laughs) the future, but. Uh, we'll see what happens, but let's get into the awards. Uh, We are going to start at the top, work our way down, and then finish with our top 10 matches of the year. So the first award is going to be, as it's called in the Wrestling Observer, the Flair Thez Award, which is for all-around, overall best wrestler in terms of in-ring, drawing, and everything. So Kelly... Give us your top three wrestlers for the Flair Thez Award.
3: Okay, so this award I always have a really hard time with, just because I don't pay attention to numbers. Like I, who draws what I, I don't care. That's just not part of what I like about wrestling. Like the ratings discussions, I fucking my eyes glaze over, and I'm just like, wow, this is. The last thing I care about. So it's like I, I just have a hard time with this one. So if you don't agree with what my picks are, that's fine. I probably don't really agree with mine either. But this is what I came up with. So uh, number three we, three we got Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, number two we have Kyrie, and number one we have Siri. Uh, I feel like I Siri's got to be at the top. She's been at the top of stardom pretty much all year. Uh, Kyrie felt like a game changer. For stardom and especially kind of lit the fuse with the new japan stuff and getting the iwgp title rolling and then yuka's just kind of like the stalwart of tokyo joshi so like that that was that was my logic in picking those three
0: yeah i had a similar list i went with uh at my number three i went with starlight kid just because i thought that Maybe not in terms of straight up drawing, but it felt like her sort of story was um, you know, the turn and everything, all that happening was sort of a draw into the promotion sort of it got buzz, I guess to me. Um, you know, it's sort of hard to gauge these stardom attendance numbers in terms of in terms of saying, oh, so-and-so is responsible for this big number. Like, it feels like when the matches are big, when it's like, hey, we have a lot of title matches, they draw better, which is less about, oh, it's so-and-so wrestling for the title. Yeah, it's
3: like you have a higher probability of these shows being good, or these matches being good.
0: Yeah, So I went with Starlight Kid number three just because I also thought she had a good year and I thought I'd uh, throw her a bone in a way. Number two, I went with Yuka Sakazaki, you know, had the the tag title reign, had the top title, uh, the Princess of Princess. So I thought for a sort of growing promotion, she was very important. Uh, with multiple titles, multiple main events. Uh, So I went with her number two. And like Kelly, Shuri number one. Um, I think pretty straightforward. She was main eventing most of, if not all, the top shows for stardom. Uh, Having good matches, which is sort of the textbook definition, I think, of this award. So she was really the easy... Easy number one pick. Kelly, I'm sort of with you in that I don't really care about drawing. You know, sometimes I'll look at the number and say, oh, interesting. It's up or down, but I don't really love getting into the sort of nitty gritty of like business. things. Yeah,
3: it's it's just not what I care about, because I think it really for me, it comes down to my days, my early days of like wrestling forums Ben and I was the huge like Ring of Honor fan. And then people would be like, well, Ring of Honor sucks because they don't draw, they don't have as many fans at their shows as WWE. They're clearly the best company. And it's like, fuck,
0: fuck, god damn it, ah.
3: and that just comes out in the back of my head where it's just like, you know what? Fuck these numbers. They don't matter. Because they don't.
0: Yeah, Ring of Honor is the uh a great example of something that was very good and never did anything. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Oh. Cuz they, they didn't do uh
3: John Cena wasn't there. John Cena's the the biggest name in wrestling. He's the best wrestler.
0: Yeah, sorry. Stu- I have you a
3: stupid robot.
0: I have a car honking in the background. Can you hear that?
3: No. <laughs> okay, good. Is it in uh, your house? Did did it? Is it did it bust in?
0: No, it's not in my house, but I can hear it. It's. I think it's a car alarm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Going off. Um. So sorry, I got distracted. Well, that I think
3: that the that's better than like if a goose was in your
0: house and was honking. Uh sure. I aren't goose. Aren't geese? Aren't goose? Aren't geese? Very aggressive animals?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, I, if that happened, I would not want you to cut that from the show. I would want the audio of you having to fight the goose in this episode. Well, there is no...
0: As far as I'm aware, I'm only in one room of my uh, apartment, but I don't believe there is a goose in my okay, apartment good. at the moment. Just the car alarm going off outside.
3: What would your strategy be for fighting a goose?
0: For fighting a goose? I would probably yeah. just open my front door and be like, please please see you
4: later
3: you gotta Uh, you gotta grab it by the neck and start swinging it around like it's a flail
0: no because then you have (laughs) to reach your hand to the neck and i think it would bite you
3: yeah Um, you gotta take the risk because i think i would
0: like put on a coat and put on gloves first so i would have some form of protection um and then maybe a hat to sort of protect my face a little bit yeah
3: I would definitely like I would I would fight a goose. I would never fight a turkey.
0: I think a turkey would be, I don't know. Turkeys are I scary. I think a turkey dude. would be easier than a goose. No,
3: turkeys are scary and they've got talons.
0: Oh, that is true. I didn't think about
3: that. And like <laughs> they will full on chase you. Interesting. Like every, yeah, every now and then much... we do have to worry about just roving turkeys in my neighborhood.
0: That's very interesting. I've never had to worry about a roving turkey <laughs> uh, where I live. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> that that is the conclusion of our Flair Thess Award winner. <laughs> uh, so next we'll move on to most outstanding, which is just in ring work for the year. So Kelly, I will let you go first again.
3: All right, so my number 3 is Suzu Suzuki. Uh really just had a great year, I thought. I've been loving all of her stuff in prominence, especially her recent um deathmatch trial series she's been doing. Those have all been great. And she did a lot of cool stuff in stardom too, so I thought Suzu. Well, she didn't really have like the super high end stuff that she had in prior years. I think overall she had a really strong year. Uh, Number two is Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, Between her tag title run and now being champion in Tokyo Joshi, she's just had a great year all around and is in one of uh, my my top three matches. I'm not going to spoil which one, but she had a really, really good match that I love this year. And then my number one, someone who I think really is kind of a dark horse for having just a great year and I didn't really think about it at all until I was laying out this ballot and looking at it Asuka Asuka had a tremendous year she had some really good high-end matches uh she did a lot of great stuff in DDT especially this year she had a great uh, tag title run with Mao uh she was in that mixed tag uh opposite Junakiyama that was really cool and just overall you get an Asuka match you know it's going to be great So, yeah, she stood out the most to me when I was kind of going through my notes for the year. So number one most outstanding was Asuka.
0: Well, we have two totally different lists here, which is very exciting. I went number three. I went Fury. As I said, she was my number one on Flair Thez. She had a good in a great in-ring year uh, with lots of opportunities, main eventing a lot of these shows. My number two, I went with Miyu Yamashita. Uh, which is always one of those, I was sort of putting together these lists and I was like, okay, who do I want to put on? Uh, and then you sort of look at Miu's year and it's like, once again, she had a fantastic year, um, which you'll hear more about later in the show. Sort of the feeling of the same feeling when Io Shirai was around in stardom, um, a number of years ago and used to always get like number eight in the wrestling observer, most outstanding rankings. And it was always like, Oh, are people just sort of voting her because she's a notable Joshi wrestler. And then you would go back and be like, no, she had a number of great matches. And it's sort of one of those things where you sort of take it for granted. You're like, yeah, she'll be good. And you, so you don't really think about it until the end of the year where you're looking at, or I'm looking at my matches and being like, yeah, there's a number of very good Miu matches on here, a, an impressive amount. So I thought she should make the list. And my number one, got to give it to Izumi, Uh, My favorite wrestler of the year. Had a great year with the high-speed title. I mean, I think every month went out on the big stardom shows and had a high quality match highlighted by some big, uh, big matches, which we'll talk about as we're running up our match of the year list. But she was my that was the easy one. I sort of was like, OK, I know Azumi will be number one. Who is two and three? Uh, so I am giving it to Azumi for most outstanding So that is our most outstanding six wrestlers there, which is hard to believe. Usually we have at least one uh, crossover vote.
3: Yeah, no, that was kind of surprising.
0: But just speaks to a lot of good wrestlers out there. Having good years. The next award is Tag Team of the Year. I'll kick off this one. To I will upset Kelly um, <laughs> with this one. I went number three. I went the meltier team, uh, a team I know Kelly is very anti. I don't like them, uh, but just felt like I don't know if it's really. It's sort of like tag team of the year, even though their actual tag team work. I'm not like ah, they blew it away, but they felt sort of like too big parts of stardom and the logical conclusion was putting them together and so they feel like a big deal does that make sense yeah like they felt it's it's more like oh they were very notable less than oh they had xyz number of great matches they just feel like an important if you're telling the story of 2022 and joshi i think meltier is a big part of that story that's a that's a better way to put it um my number two kelly touched on it brief briefly but i went with the magical sugar rabbits uh tag champions for the majority of the year and one of the i think most consistent teams uh in all of Joshi, in terms of you know when they wrestle, you're probably getting a good match. You're probably getting it in the main event or semi-main event, and they deliver time and time again. So they were an easy uh, number two. Feels a little bit like Miyu, where it feels a little um, like hack. I was like, oh, I'll put the magical sugar rabbits, and I'm like, well, that's sort of hack. I feel like they're always on these lists of tag team of the year, but they're always on the list because they're good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my number one was the FWC team of Hazuki and Koguma. Really. I thought in the beginning of the year, I mean, held it for a number of months, but certainly in the beginning of the year, sort of stabilized the stardom tag division that had sort of been uh, a little loosey goosey and had great matches. So they, to me, um, and probably still my favorite tag team in Stardom. So they, to me, were an easy number one. Kelly, who are your three tag teams of the year?
3: Uh, so number three, I went with 1 to 1 million, uh, the team of Maki Ito and Miu Yamashita. Uh, they didn't really have like any just blow away super great matches this year. But like I don't know. I just really like that team. I think they're fun and you're going to get a good match out of them. Uh, number two, I went with Hazuki and Koguma. They really just held down things in the stardom tag division. And again, another team where you're just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. You are just pretty much guaranteed a great match out of those two. And then number one, the Magical Sugar Rabbits. Uh, prob- maybe my best, my favorite tag team in like all of wrestling. Just love those two, love their chemistry. And they're they're just great. They're going to have a good match every time out and they, I thought they had a great tag title run. So yeah, those are, those are my three tag teams of the year.
0: The next award is Promotion of the Year, and I will let Kelly go first to take all the heat before I swoop in and get away scot-free. All right.
3: Uh, number three, Stardom. Uh, stardom, I don't know. I don't like them half the time. But, like, they had a lot of good matches this year and a lot of decent shows. So number th- they, they, they get my number three spot. Uh, number two is Prominence. I've really enjoyed their stuff this year. The shows are always fun and easy to watch and breezy. And you're usually going to get a really good main event out of them. So big, big fan of the Prominence stuff. And then uh, number one, we got Tokyo Joshi. I love Tokyo Joshi like the the shows again even if they don't deliver like on a high end they're always fun I never feel like I'm slogging through them it's just they have they have such a good energy to them and they've got good crowds for the most part so like I I will always enjoy watching a Tokyo Joshi show so that's that's why they're in my number one spot all right Taylor take take away t- take it away get all the roses
0: yeah So, I mean, frankly, I talked about this at the beginning of the show when we were talking the year overall, but really it felt like a stardom Tokyo Joshi year to me. So number three for this was, frankly, a struggle. I thought about putting Sendai Girls because I liked a lot of what Sendai Girls did, even though it was sort of very infrequent um, in terms of delivering sort of the bigger shows that made me go, oh, wow, You know, they had the show in July and then the show um, a few weeks ago that I thought were really great. I thought about them. I didn't include them. I actually included a promotion that I haven't watched this year, but (laughs) um, which is sort of weird, uh, but feels like it's been getting a lot of buzz. And I have made a pledge to catch up, which is actress girls, Um, actress girls last year. Uh, quote-unquote shut down to not do wrestling and then it turned out in February they just started doing wrestling again Uh, which I thought was sort of the acting wrestling that's been happening but it turns out it's just actual wrestling Uh, and it's gotten a lot of buzz and a lot of people are very excited about it if you go to the voices of wrestling discord uh, there's always talk going on about actress girls so I thought you know, there's always usually one promotion that sort of gets a little bit of buzz. I thought that was Actress Girls, but could have easily also put Sendai Girls in this spot. My number two uh, was Tokyo Joshi. A great year for Tokyo Joshi. Probably could have been number one, uh, but I'd like to see some, as we always talk about on the show, I'd like to see some different faces at the top of the card, which hasn't happened yet. I think if they would have Pulled the trigger on one of them. I might have been tempted to put them number one, but that's sort of the fatal flaw that I'm holding out on uh, with them. And then my number one was stardom. Um, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that. Um, you know, I certainly do. Don't think. Stardom is a uh, flawless promotion with no issues. Um, But sort of looking back at the year overall, uh, I mean, they ran a high number. And we'll see this in some other upcoming categories. They ran a high number of excellent shows. They feel like a big deal promotion. They, They grew another year. They now have the IWGP women's title and things like that. They ran some very big shows. I think personally, I'd like to see them still sort of tighten up the running schedule. It still feels from time to time like they are running shows uh, purely for business reasons, which is probably why they're running all their shows. And people are going to say, well, it's a business. You know, they're trying to make money. I understand that. But there's just times when I'm like, oh, it's another show. Why is this show happening? Uh, Because they need to fulfill, they want to run here. It feels like when they build to a big show, those shows always deliver. And they have a super talented roster. So to me, they were an easy number one, even though I do have my qualms with them uh, from time to time. The next award is going to be Feud of the Year, a category I always struggle with, um, and Kelly really picked a good one, uh, so I will let him go first.
3: This is one I really struggled with trying to pick because I, I really couldn't think of any that I thought were great this year, and I ended up going with Julia versus Suzu Suzuki because it's kind of just been boiling in the background throughout a good chunk of the year. And it's like, we haven't gotten a conclusion to it or anything, but I really liked what they did with it. I liked how they brought in like the real life feelings and stuff to it. Uh, and those two have such great chemistry. So all the Donado Mundo versus prominent stuff really landed for me. So, and I think it just connected on a level for the feuds that i don't really think anything else did for me this year. So that's why I ended up on Julia versus Suzu Suzuki.
0: I went with Tom Nakano versus Natsupoy as mine. I talked about it before. It felt like the big deal storyline or one of the big deal storylines of the stardom year. I mean, I think the thing to me is always that in my mind sort of the way I think of feud of the year is I'm like, okay, it's something that has to have, you know, lasted for six months just because that's the way I think of it, even though so few feuds happen over that long span of time. And I'm talking about like in all of wrestling, I always struggle with this category because I always think of like, Oh, a great feud is one that lasts many matches and back and forth. And I, I There really aren't that many examples anywhere of things that happen for such a long span of time to sort of satisfy that weird criteria I have. And Tom and Natsupoi was the only one I could even think of, although Julia and Suzu is, I think, also a good pick, even though it feels like it hasn't ended yet. So it's sort of weird to be like, this is a great feud, but it's not over.
3: Yeah, no, right? I, that I that's sense? I was really debating about whether or not
0: I would go with that. Because I'm like, who else is even a contender?
3: Yeah, Tam versus Boy was up there for me, but I hate how it, the story ended so much.
0: Because I'm like, in Tokyo Joshi, there was.
3: Yoko Sakazaki versus the young wrestler shit.
0: Well, and I thought about one of those, you know, like I always do, and I'm like, oh, you know, stardom not booking time limit draws is the feud of the year. Yeah. But I was trying to be serious. This is a very serious podcast, and we have to treat it with respect, so I won't be making any of those jokey answers.
3: No <laughs> he jokes here. As,
0: yeah, he says in about five categories when I do a weird thing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just always a category – it's it's less of an indictment of the wrestling and more of an indictment of my brain just doesn't, can never wrap my head around this category. Yeah. Um, It's one that always someone else throws something out and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great one, like Julia, Suzu Suzuki, that I would, my brain just would have never allowed me to think about. So anyway, let's move on to a category where I do understand the prompt. And that (laughs) category is most improved. Uh, Kelly and I have two different answers here. My vote was for Mina Shirakawa. Um, I thought very much improved in the ring this year. I think there's a lot of contenders for this category. Probably could have picked a number. Of wrestlers i think also suzume probably would have been up there oh that yeah that's a good pull me um but kelly who did you choose
3: i went with uh miyu watanabe because she she's always she's been good for a lot for a long while now but it feels like the puzzle pieces kind of really started to fit together this year and she really started to perform at a higher level
0: it feels to me like you could pick any one of about eight Tokyo Joshi wrestlers, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Akari Noah, Miyu, Suzume, Riso Endo could be one yep. that you could probably make an argument for.
3: Harun Echo.
0: Her- yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a- <laughs> yeah, improved from. Avoid at all costs to this might be good. Yeah. Uh, Which is an improvement. Improved a ton. Yeah. So, you know, it's and even in stardom, I think, you know, Mina, you could argue for, but I think there's a number of people you could probably make an argument for. It's sort of a wide open category where I think any one of many picks is right.
3: Um, Mina went from a a good comedy wrestler to someone who can go out there and have like a legit really good match.
0: Yeah, uh, she's most improved. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, no, she she that was a good poll. I didn't I didn't think of her, but yeah, no, she's she's right up there.
0: Yeah, and it's funny to me because I didn't think of Miyu just because I guess I have always thought of Miyu as even when she didn't really, she wasn't any sort of focus. I always thought like, Oh, she'll be very good one day. So I guess it's an improvement where I'm like, of course she's gotten better because I thought she would. Yeah. Um, It's like a surprising improvement over an expected improvement. And in my mind, I just think, okay, most improved is like, who was I most shocked by got better. (laughs) And That was Mina, but Miyu is a good pick as well. The next category is most charismatic. And once again, Kelly and I have two different picks. My pick uh, is Unagi Sayaka. I just think she's a lot of fun. I don't know. Is she most charismatic? I mean, she is charismatic. uh, But I just think she's sort of goofy and weird, and I enjoy watching her. and I think she could also be someone in the uh, most improved running as well. Definitely. Uh, so I enjoy her in the ring, but also out of the ring. Uh, I think she's a lot of fun. So she was my pick. Kelly, it looks like you have flouted the rules here. I know. And chosen two wrestlers. <laughs> I couldn't
3: pick. I, I had two. I went with Asuka and Starlight Kid. Uh, Starlight Kid, I would almost put as most improved most charismatic because this the the heel turn really just unlocked something in her where she is just just, she's super charismatic she's just she's get gets the crowd into the matches she's always doing something like she's great like it's it was one of those where it's like oh wow this has been here this whole time hasn't it and then asuka's just asuka she's fucking great like just super easy to get the crowd into a match and all that kind of stuff
0: only only two categories after I said this was a very serious award show. I know. And you pull this. <sighs> I'm sorry. If you had Wait. to pick one, pick one. Uh, Starlight Kid. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't know why. That's fine. <laughs> um, but another one where I think there would be probably a lot of, I mean, like Julia, of course. Oh, yeah always do. I mean, Tom has a charisma. I know that you've been anti a lot of that, but she's very charismatic.
3: I like Tom on her own. I just, I, whatever reason, Meltier just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. I don't like the entrance. I don't like that they're friends now. Just the whole thing. Don't like it. I like, bo- I like both of them a lot, separately. Together, no.
2: Mm-mm. Take those stupid
3: crowns off.
0: Well, Kelly, we've been doing a lot of disagreeing, so let's do some agreeing in this next category. Uh, The category Best Technical Wrestler. uh, And Kelly and I have the same pick. Spoilers. Kelly, you want to say who we both picked?
3: It's, uh, It's exactly who you think it's going to be. It's
0: Siri. Like, what other option is there, you know? I mean, really is... I mean... Chihiro Hashimoto, maybe, but not really.
3: Yeah, like I I don't there's no one you can put up against Siri in this category and be like and even really have it be like a tough decision.
0: Uh what about um Palm Harajuku?
3: Oh god. Alright, changing my answer. It's Palm. Delete, delete, delete.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, is there really even anyone? I'm sort of trying to run down. I can't even think of anyone. No. So that's that. It's Yuri. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of agreeing, best brawler. Kelly and I both picking Suzu Suzuki. Although I think you probably could get a couple of other nominees in here but i think it was suzu i think she got a bigger platform with the stardom stuff and the prominent stuff and just feels like the logical answer
3: yeah i i think another option would be julia i think she's uh i i don't i think a lot of people don't really think of her as a brawler but she won 100 is and is very good at that style So I think she's a a number two for me, but Suzu had a great year. Um, Like I mentioned before her death match series in prominence has been great. She's been having awesome matches against some of the top stars in death match wrestling.
0: Yeah. It feels to me a bit going through these awards. I didn't have Julia for anything. Yeah. I I I I think part of that is it feels sort of like Julia's year is next year. Yes, I mean, I think I don't know that anyone would disagree with me. I think she's going to beat Suri and become champion. And that's probably going to be her year. Twenty twenty three will be her year, because as we've seen, uh, once you win the title in stardom, you hold it for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah, one
3: hundred percent. Next year is her year.
0: So it just feels like she had a good year, but it feels like a preparation year where it wasn't like, ah, she's the best of the year, but it feels like she was good to lead to something else, which will be in the future. Yeah. Best flying wrestler Kelly and I picked differently, although closely related.
3: I'm surprised we don't have the same answer on this.
0: Well, I have a reasoning for mine, and I'll let you go first.
3: Okay, so Best Flying Wrestler is Azumi for me. Uh, her high-speed title run has been incredible. And yeah, she's so good at that style. She's, e- she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, and she doesn't really get the credit for it, I don't think. But yeah, she's easily one of the best and is the best flying wrestler to me.
0: I went with Starlight Kid... Only because Azumi is a good pick. I could have picked Azumi, but it felt like I gave Azumi number one in most outstanding. So I was like, there's your plaudits, your awards. That's that's
3: understandable. And
0: I felt like Starlight Kid did have a big year. So I was like, well, I'll give it to Starlight Kid because she was also very good. I mean, I think they're sort of the only two contenders. I mean, I guess like Yuka Sakazaki would be a contender. Yeah. Um, Asuka kind of leaned more
3: into like uh, a hard hitting style.
2: Yeah.
0: But I'm talking like there aren't that many contenders. So if you wanted to sort of like fudge it. Yeah. You might be able to be like, uh, Yuka or Asuka or. I don't even. That's all I have. (laughs) um but yeah i did Starlight kid mostly because i wanted to give her some more another nod because i think she had a really strong year i think she was one of the highlights of stardom so wanted to recognize her again for her excellence the net here we go the next category (laughs) is uh The Wrestling Observer category, most overrated, which in terms of the Wrestling Observer means most overpushed. And I will give the listening, the longtime listening audience a few seconds to shout out the name that both Kelly and I picked. Because I think it's going to be very obvious. Yeah. Who we picked. And I know how strongly how very, very strongly Kelly feels about this person, so I will let him announce the quote-unquote winner of this category.
3: The number one undisputed, most overrated from the Jumping Bomb Audio Joshi Pro Wrestling Awards in 2022 is Sayaka Uh Why? Why is she being pushed so hard? I don't understand it. It feels like Finally, she's being told, hey, maybe dial it back a little bit because you busted up Mina's face and maybe you should stop trying to do all this dangerous shit that you can't really do. So maybe we'll finally see an end of her reign of terror. Uh, if you want to hear both of us kind of go off more, just listen to like the past two episodes. <laughs> but yeah, Saya most overrated slash overpushed by a wide margin.
0: Yeah, she was the only person I even thought of. Um a category I usually struggle with. I think the last two years I have struggled with even naming someone. Um but it felt easy this year. You know, I'm sure we will get the argument that everyone loves her and they come to the shows to see her, but I think that and in the feud of the year, speaking of the jokey picks that I didn't make. Uh, a feud of the year could have been me versus the growing dread that Sayakamatani is going to fatally injure someone in a match.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, Sai Kamatani versus the Phoenix Splash.
0: <laughs> I just think, you know, she has talent, but she's been pushed. I don't know why I'm even saying this. This is just like repeating the things we've said in the last two weeks. But I just think in a too high position, and has sort of been crystallized into her stuff earlier than she should have been.
3: Sai Mitani
0: don't do two apron bumps challenge. I mean, other contenders are... I don't even know. Um... I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> like I said, I always struggle with this category. I ended up with one so I can award it, and I can't think of anyone else. Now, on the flip side, we have Most Underrated, which also could be called Underpushed. Uh, an interesting answer here from Kelly. Kelly, your pick for Most Underrated.
3: Uh, I went Starlight Kid. I really do think, much like Azumi, she's one of the best wrestlers in stardom. Uh, I think 100% she should have been the person to take the title off of Saya uh, in their match earlier this year. And yeah, I think she just doesn't get her due. I think she's got hopefully a lot of success coming her way in the coming years, but I think really with this year when she really started to put things together, I think, I think now was the time and I don't think they really gave her what she should have gotten.
0: Kelly, I'm going to say very interestingly that I disagree with you on this um, award. I guess I do agree with you that she probably should have, but that was early on enough that she probably should have dethroned Saya. But I think that was early on enough that it sort of, I think would have felt like, I don't know. It's sort of hindsight is 2020 and that Now I feel like the Sia thing has gone on too long, but I think if Starlight Kid would have won, it would have felt like it went too short. Yeah. And we wouldn't have known that obviously all of these wacky (laughs) things would happen and we'd become (laughs) incensed. Uh, And it feels like she got a lot of buzz. She got the turn, like sort of the turn represented the push, even though Mm -hmm. at the end of the year, she's not really in any super strong position. Um, and I think next year will be the interesting year. Like if she's in the same position in one year's time, when we're doing these awards, uh, in December of 2023, I think then I would agree with you, but I think she has been elevated to a level where she feels important and she hasn't gotten to that typical stardom level yet where it just feels like she's hanging around doing nothing.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, I, in all honesty, I fully expect to have her as my most underrated next year as well.
0: Like, to me, she doesn't feel like a Micah yet, who is someone who just seems to, like, hang around Yeah, as a number.
4: Well,
3: it's time for a title shot. All right, let's go.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I would assume, I would, ho- I would hope that someone's got to take the title off of... Um, Sia at some point in the next year <laughs> I mean I don't know if Sia has the title a year from now something's going on um, so yeah so I'll say I disagree but you could be right in a year if if it's still happening I'll come back on the show and, and say that you were correct
3: alright hang on let me write that down in the <laughs>
0: notebook here
3: <laughs> It's on my list of uh, victory laps Yeah, that I have
0: waiting victory for. Victory laps and grievances to air. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> my pick for most underrated was Mizuki. Uh, you know, had a tag title run as Magical Sugar Rabbits has had many times. But to me, Mizuki is easily at the top level and yet has not won the title. And it feels like it's been building for many years, and I just need it to. Ha- it's just gotta happen. Pull the trigger, please. Yeah. Uh, so Mizuki, I think there's probably some other people who you could make the argument for, like Maki Ito. But Maki Ito doesn't feel like she's under pushed because she's very popular, and everyone loves her, and she sort of feels a little bit more Teflon than Mizuki. Um, but i'm hoping 2023 so here's the thing we may come back in a year from now and we may have the same picks because if mizuki doesn't win the title i'll put mizuki again (laughs) and if starlight kid doesn't win a title you'll put starlight kid yeah entirely possible and we'll have the same ones but hopefully not hopefully in a year's time we're talking about top champions mizuki and starlight kid that would be great it would be nice could anyone argue that that wouldn't be two deserving and very talented champions? I don't think so. <laughs> the next award was rookie of the year. Uh, I only had one thought and that was Juri Nagano.
3: Yeah, it's easy. Like <laughs> 100% the best rookie of the year for sure, though. I know there are options in actress girls, I only saw one show of theirs this year and a lot of their new talent is very, very good, but I did not watch enough to make that full judgment on them. And I'm really, I really do want to go back and watch some Actress Girls stuff. So it's, it's Juria with an asterisk, but I still feel incredibly confident in my
0: choice with her. So it sounds like we both have a pledge for 2023 to watch and catch up with actress girls. Yes. Uh, which hopefully we can do. Yeah, I was trying to think like Miyu Amasaki would be a contender, but I wouldn't choose her. No. Um There are probably some other people I'm forgetting, but I can't I even think really Miyu think. Miyu Yatsuba
3: anyone. from uh Chaco Pro slash Gato Move looks very good. Uh I wouldn't put her above Juria at this point though. Uh but I think she's got a strong twenty twenty three ahead of her. So she would she's Mia is probably my number two.
0: Did Chen Yoda debut in this year? Is she a contender?
3: I don't know. I don't know if she's been around prior, but I think I don't she know might her, be from this year.
0: I don't know what her exact debut date is. Let me look it up. Yeah, because she, she could be in there Oh, for no, sure. doesn't count. Doesn't count. September nope. of
3: 2021.
0: Ah. Really? That's a lot earlier. She had three matches in 2021. She had one in September... One in November and one in December.
3: Okay, that's probably just whenever PPP runs a show.
0: It was two PPP shows and a battle royal at the Makoto debut 15th anniversary show. Oh, okay. So, doesn't count. Uh, I think November is the cutoff or something. Um, so, yeah, Juria, we're in agreement. The next category is Best Major Show. Kelly, why don't we alternate on this one? Okay. uh, Just for some fun. So you go first with your number three pick.
3: All right, my number three pick, I went with Stardom World Climax Night 2, The Top, from uh, March 27th. Uh, This show, once I looked back on my notes, had uh, four matches that I went four stars or higher on uh, with Kyrie versus... Starlight Kid, uh, Downhill Mundo versus Prominence Match, uh, Saya Matani versus Tom Nakano, and Siri versus Mayu Iwatani. So it was just overall a really strong
0: card on this one. Well, funny enough, I went with Stardom World Climax Night 1 <laughs> from the day before. I have sort of the same thoughts. I thought it was a really strong show. I really enjoyed the prominence match. There was a the good tag title match on that show, the return, the first match back of Kyrie, and then the Julia Shuri uh, main event, which I really enjoyed. So that was a very strong show, a number of very good uh, picks. So two... Uh... <laughs> two good shows back to back you picked one and i picked the other so kelly, kelly what is your number two did show i distract
3: you by what i was typing
0: yes you did distract me if you <laughs> could tell kelly is typing kelly is typing notes uh, for a for an additional award, which I'm sure everyone is looking forward to in our (laughs) notes as I'm speaking. (laughs) Uh, And I'm looking directly at them. Uh, So Kelly, what's your number two best major show of the year?
3: Uh, My number two was Senjo Chronicles from Sunday girls on uh, July 10th, 2022. I don't know why I said the year, of course it was 2022 Uh, this match or this show was, had a really had a good undercard, but was really held up by its top two, which was Dash Chisako versus Susu Suzuki in a hardcore match. And then for the title, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Asuka, uh, two really, really good matches that I, I loved. So that ended up giving this show the number two best major show.
0: My number two show of the year was Tokyo Joshi summer sun princess. From July 9th of this year, a uh, show I really enjoyed. I think the best of the big uh, Tokyo Joshi shows from this year. Um, Very strong up and down. That was the show with Maki Ito and Alex Windsor. That was the show with... um, Shoko Nakajima and Rika Tatsumi. That was the show with uh, the first of the Ryu Mizunami uh, challenge matches. I'll just call them. So a lot of strong, uh, very good matches on that show. And on that note, Kelly, what is your number one show of the year?
3: Uh, My number one show of the year is Summer Sun Princess 22 (laughs) from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, I love the big Tokyo Joshi shows like I think they're just paced very well I really just I love how they put together shows so pretty much no matter what my number one was going to be one of their big shows and this was my favorite of them I thought the matches really delivered I thought Windsor versus Ito was really good Mizunami versus Miyu was great uh, Akai and Arai defeating the Rabbits for the tag titles and then Shoko versus Rika to close out the show was great. So yeah, my number one for sure. Again, I
0: love these big Tokyo Joshi shows. And my number one show of the year was stardom's fight to the top from June 26, just a few weeks before summer sun princess, uh, that show I had, Four matches at four stars and above: Himika and Mina Shirakawa, the Artist Title Match from that show, the main event, which was the six-person tag, and then of course the Tom Nakano Natsupoi cage match to top it all off. In the semi-main event, both the semi-main and main event were those uh, cage matches. So that an excellent show, Um, and my top show of the year the next category i will go first on the category is best booker and my answer was no one (laughs) although kelly you have a you have a solid answer you have a solid answer
3: i i struggled with this i really did and then i eventually realized like oh Well, this works. Uh, I went with Dash Shisako, uh, the booker of Sendai Girls, because she really turned a pretty stagnant promotion around into a show that has a lot of... uh, or into a company that has a lot of shows that are worth watching. So I think uh, Dash is really the only person I could think of that hasn't made incredibly weird booking decisions that I don't like.
0: Yeah, I think that is... I didn't even really think of that, but I think that is a good choice. I would not have picked stardom. Uh, I would Mm. not have picked Tokyo Joshi. Oh, Um, so my options were uh, limited. A lot of the smaller promotions. um, It's like there's less sort of long-term stuff going on there, so it's hard to be like, ah, you booked a good show. That is booking. Yeah. Um, but just being like, ah, put cool people together. And I do think Dash does deserve it. Um, You are totally right. Sendai Girls was probably one of the most, if not the most stagnant Joshi promotion around uh, under the previous Booker. Um, And I think Dash has done a lot to lift it up, especially in the second half of the year and make it more exciting, have fun matches, sort of work to people's strengths and sort of normalize a lot of the booking, which was very strangely done for many years, as many people are very uh, aware of.
3: Yeah. This was was a year for booking. That was just not great. Like I, I really wish that Emmy Sakura would book, uh, got to move more often instead of what i assume to be masa takanashi because that the that promotion has fallen off in a way that makes me very sad cuz they still do have good shows they still have good wrestlers but the booking is just not there anymore they just kind of make matches and there aren't the long term stories being told anymore for the most part
0: yeah and i think that's the case with with a number of i mean we talked about seedling seedling used to be very well booked in terms of those longer term storylines. They didn't really have that um, this year, really. They had some of it, but not in the way, you know, they had it in years past where they led up to the big uh, hair match that got all those, uh, all that recognition and all those awards. It wasn't really happening that year and ice ribbon uh, sort of struggled. They were sort of handcuffed by people leaving and a lot of things sort of being knocked off the path. So it's hard to give them as well, which is why I struggled to think of anyone.
3: It feels like a lot of the uh, more like indie promotions for Joshi are starting to book like the American indie scene where they're just like, hey, let's let's get matches that get people sending the... Uh, the take my money gif rather than building stories <laughs> though. I will say uh, I've heard nothing but great things about the booking of actress girls. So that's again, a blind spot for both of us that I'm sure w- might've ended up as our best booker. Possibly again, we'll find out next year.
0: Maybe next year, actress girls. Once we catch up, we'll run every single one of these awards.
3: Who knows? Maybe
0: who's to say, But the next and quote unquote final category is our top 10 matches of the year. So we will start at 10, alternating all the way up to number one. So I will start with my number 10 match, Suri versus Julia. I mentioned it already from Stardom World Climax Night 1 on March 26, a great hard-hitting match. And good news, if you also enjoy this match, or if you watch it and you enjoy it, we've got another one coming up soon.
3: All right, uh, my number 10 match is something that I really thought about going with for one of my favorite shows of the year, but I couldn't justify calling it a major show. So it ended up at my number 10. Uh this is the Risa Sarah 10th anniversary Iron Woman Deathmatch Match gauntlet from Prominence Gaiden and Risa Sarah debut 10th anniversary from November 14th uh it was just uh, it was this was her second Iron Woman match in two days and it told a great story of perseverance throughout the whole thing and ended up with a really good singles match against a uh, uh, Takashi Sasaki whose name escaped me for a sec. Uh, But yeah, overall, really fun match. Really good way to spend an hour plus.
0: You almost Ryan Davidson to yourself there. I
3: know. I watched a Ryan Davidson match since our last episode. I watched his uh, match against uh, Shota from the reality of wrestling. And you know what? It was pretty good.
0: Oh, in Texas.
3: In Texas. Yeah. Um you know what they I got good the- production on that show. I if I cared, I would watch it more, but like you
0: know what? Don't really care now, about that scene. Did you watch it for Shoda or did you watch it for Ryan Davidson?
3: Ryan Davidson. Great. Amazing. <laughs> and what'd you think? I thought it was good. He he looked good. Uh he didn't look at all like I expected. I don't know why. I kind of expected him to be like a lanky guy, but no, he's he's oh, a, no. he's a He's a big boy.
0: No, he's it not lanky at match. all. You're right. Yeah. Uh anyway, my number nine match was a very recent match, Miyu Yamashita versus Millie McKenzie from Tokyo Joshi's All-Rise Cork and Hall Show on November 27th. Uh, we just talked about it. If you want to hear more about that match, you can listen to our most recent episode before this one. Uh, but just a match I really loved thought the crowd lifted it to another level and one I definitely wanted to include on this list
3: uh my number nine is Mesa versus Yuna Mizumori from Gato Moves 10th anniversary show Phoenix Rises from back in September 15th uh this was really the final match between these two uh they were the two top stars from their generation of uh, of Gato Move, and this was their their big final clash before Yuna rode off into the sunset to go work other places. Uh, super emotional match. They really both put everything they had into it. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, easily, for me, the best Gato Move match of the year.
0: My number eight match, I talked about it earlier, what a good year Azumi had. And I think one of her peaks was Azumi versus May Saruga from the Stardom Cinderella Tournament Finals on April 29th. Just the sort of peak of the style of match that Azumi had over and over this year. A lot of very good matches that are just outside of this top 10 for Azumi, but this Azumi Mace match was the perfect sort of mesh of two opponents who are very similar and can wrestle very similar styles, really getting together an interesting match with Mace not usually wrestling in stardom. So a little bit of a change of pace. And I thought that this was super fun and I really enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, that was a great match. I That one just missed my list. Uh, my next match is... What is it? Seven? Eight? What are we on? This is eight. This is eight. Okay. Uh, my eighth match is Tom Nakano versus Natsupoi in their cage match from Fight to the Top from uh, June 26th. This was a brutal match. I think this if this had ended the feud, it would have been my number one feud of the year for sure. Uh, I loved this match. I, I wish it had blood, but I, I understand why it didn't. But it should have had blood. Uh, <laughs> incredible match. Just a uh, just violent fight between these two. Uh, I, I loved it. Definitely one of the best of the year, for sure.
0: My number seven match. A match from all the way back in the beginning of January of this year. Mizuki taking on Miyu Yamashita at the Tokyo Joshi New Year Show on January 4th. A match I very much enjoyed, and it's almost a year ago, and I don't really remember that much about it. I completely
3: Um, forgot this match ever happened, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Except I remember I really liked it um, and thought it was very good. And I don't know, maybe I would think differently if I rewatched it, knowing Mizuki didn't win the title at all in the whole Mm. year. Um, But a match that I thought was excellent. I thought the new year show was very good overall. I think earlier in the year, it was a contender for show of the year, as I'm sure this upcoming new year show will be for Tokyo Joshi. But this was another one, you know, I had the Millie McKenzie match and now this match against Mizuki. And I have another match coming up, really the eye-opener when I talked about earlier, um, the eye-opener with Miyu Yamashita's year. This, another top-ten match for Miyu Yamashita, already two, and we're only four matches in, so (laughs) the proof is in the pudding, as they say.
3: All right, my number seven is the high-speed title match between Azumi and Starlight Kid from Stardom's Cinderella Journey in Nagaoka. On uh, February twenty third, this is kind of like the ideal high speed title match. Like, just you picture this match in your head. That's what you're getting. That's exactly what it is, and it's awesome. Uh, the just it's it's everything you want it to be, and it's so good. Uh, love these two wrestlers, and they ha- m- just have such great chemistry together.
0: My number six match is also from Tokyo Joshi. It is Yuka Sakazaki versus Miyu Watanabe from the Tokyo Princess Cup Finals on August 14th. A match I love. The the star-making weekend for Miyu Watanabe with the big fight here. This one slightly lower as you'll see than the other one um, which I will talk about in a
3: second uh my number six is siri versus asuka from the hanakamura memorial produce show bagus from uh, may 23rd this was just an incredible cap to this show uh these two who you wouldn't normally see wrestle really uh just where they work so this was a very cool matchup and they both delivered and it was Awesome, And I think this was my favorite Siri match of the year. Yeah. Looking at my notes. Yeah. So yeah. uh, If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I I feel like this show kind of flew under the radar this year. There wasn't as many people talking about it as there have been in previous years. Uh, But yeah, definitely go back and watch or rewatch Siri versus Asuka. My
0: number five. Match of the year we're in the top five is, I just mentioned it, it is Miyu Watanabe versus Miyu Yamashita from the Tokyo Princess Cup semifinals on August 13th. One of my favorite matches of the year, obviously, uh, but a match that was so great, the first match that sort of made Miyu Watanabe with the great storyline of Miyu sort of hanging on for dear life, trying to win the match, trying to overcome the ace of tokyo joshi and succeeding to go on to face yuka sakazaki the very next night but a match that i just love two excellent wrestlers another feather in the cap for miyu Yamashita on the year and really proof of miyu watanabe's great improvement as we talked about earlier in the show
3: uh, my number five is Julia versus Suzu Suzuki from the five star Grand Prix 2022 night 20 championship battle uh, from October 1st. Uh, this was exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, these two just had an incredible match, just super emotional, super hard hitting. Uh, and I, and it left me wanting more, which in the best way possible, like just, Give me matches with these two forever. Uh, so good. This is my second favorite ma- uh, start of match of the year.
0: My number four match, a match that earlier in the year was in my top three matches, but just slid out, just beaten out very slightly, is the Magical Sugar Rabbits defending their tag titles against the great team of Free Wi-Fi from Tokyo Joshi. Yes, Wonderland on May 3rd. I think I was the high man on this match all around. Uh, Just a match that totally clicked with me. Thought it was the highlight of the Magical Sugar Rabbits uh, title 2022 title reign and a great showcase for the up and coming team of free Wi Fi. Just two teams that really clicked, really felt intense with um, Yuka and Mizuki sort of taking on that. I think, as we talked about on the show, that Tanahashi like heel uh, turn, quote unquote, which really gave this match a great edge. And I really loved it.
3: Was that the match where uh now smacked her head on the ring post and it made that really gross noise?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that was a good one that one. I I I forgot about that match until just now, but yeah, no, that match rocked. Uh my number 4 is something I had to rewatch yesterday to remember, and hey, guess what? It still rules. Uh, Regina Wave title match: Hikaru Shida versus Suzu Suzuki from the Wave 15th Anniversary Carnival Wave Evening Show on August 14th. Uh, yeah, this rules. Uh, it's pretty much Joshi present versus Joshi future with uh, Shida versus Suzu, just in terms of where they're at in their careers. Uh, I really loved this match. They fought so hard against each other and threw bombs the entire time uh it was awesome definitely go back and watch it if you haven't uh i mean i know when i started saying regina Du wave title Shida, you definitely expected the verses to be against the bunny but you know just didn't didn't make the list
0: yeah unfortunately we've been denied um an opportunity to have the 2023 best match of the year, be 10 the bunny Regina DeWave title defenses. Um, (laughs) So sadly,
4: Um,
0: but maybe I was really, I have to say I was sort of rooting for the bunny because I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to see the chaos. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to see it, but Hikaru retained the title. So that is uh, a great pick. And now we are in the top three match of the year. My number three one. I know Kelly vehemently disagrees with. Is Don't like S- it. S- it's Haya versus Starlight Kid from Stardom. Midsummer champions on July 9th. A match that I went four and three quarter star on. Uh, we talked a lot about <laughs> earlier about saya Kamatani, but this was the one match I thought of her year uh, I think largely thanks to Starlight Kid where everything really came together. I thought it was an awesome match. I thought Starlight Kid sort of reigned in the worst of saya Kamatani's habits and really put together something that was uh, really good and I very much enjoyed. So that was my number three match of the year.
3: All right. My number three match of the year is also my number one starter match of the year. Uh, this is the IWGP women's title match between Kairi and Mayu Iwatani from new Japan slash stardom historic crossover on November 20th. Uh, this, the, the two pillars of stardom going at it. And it was just as emotional and as much of a spectacle as you would expect between these two, uh, it's very good match. I expect this match to end up pretty high on a lot of match of the year lists. And yeah, a really incredible kickoff to the IWGP Women's Title lineage here. So yeah, definitely, definitely my favorite start of
0: match of the year. My number two match of the year was also a stardom match. It was the previously mentioned by Kelly starlight kid versus Azumi from stardom, Cinderella journey in Nagaoka on February 23rd, a match between arguably my two favorite wrestlers in all of stardom delivering the exact match that I knew they could deliver. And You can go back and listen to our review of the show where I talked about they're the two best wrestlers. They went out, they wrestled a crazy um, match. You know, Kelly mentioned that there really wasn't any big sort of standout match of the year. I think had this match been wrestled in something like September or October, I think this would have been that big match of the year i think it sort of has gotten lost in some of it is just the sheer volume of stardom shows and stardom matches and some of it is sort of the natural way that things that happen in the first half of the year oftentimes sort of get buried by the things that happen in the second half of the year in all of wrestling and all of these sort of awards but i think that this was just for me the sort of ideal perfect stardom style match and i loved it i went four and three quarters and it is my number two match of the year
3: well i also think something that hurt it in terms of like widespread match of the year kind of people rallying around it is the high speed title and I feel like a lot of people don't treat that as a high level title. So they don't really think of it in terms of that, where it's like, is if that same exact match was just for the main stardom title, it would have, I think it would be higher up on a lot of lists.
0: Well, I think it sort of got the t- typical type of promotion that like the quote unquote Joshi match of the year gets, which is like, Meltzer tweeted about it. Will Ospreay tweeted about like people outside of the circle of Joshi are like, hey, everyone, check out this match, which is often what happens with sort of the big matches. I think it being for the high speed could be. But I think in terms of attracting non Joshi people to be like, here's the one Joshi match from this year, you have to watch. I don't know that they really are like, oh, but it's for the high-speed title. Like, I don't care about that. I think of all – and we had many, 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 many episodes ago when we had some Q&A stuff. Um, I remember someone asked about, you know, what does it take to have a Joshi match of the year? And I think the stuff happening in the second half of the year is – incredibly valuable for non-joshi people because to go now and be like hey starlight kinnazumi had a match it happened 11 months ago they're like oh i don't know (laughs) like and looking at the record like the voices of wrestling match of the year stuff i think every joshi match that You know, the years when it was like, oh, the top one is 35 and now it's 22 and now it's eight. I think last year was the first time in my recollection where the top Joshi match took place in the first half of the year. I think. Yeah, that Um, sounds right. Someone can fact check me on that, but it's just one of those things where and I think this is the case for all wrestling. When people are going back at the end of the year and saying, Give me things to watch. I need things to watch things from farther away feel less important, I think Mm -hmm. sort of psychologically. So when you're like, Hey, watch this match from February. It's like, Oh, this is from like a long time ago. Um, so I think that's probably the thing that hurt it most because in the moment it felt like a big thing where people were like, Hey, where do I see this match? Oh, I'm hearing a lot about this match. But I think it's one of those things where if you can get it late enough, people might go, oh, yeah, I can slide that into my top 10. Where if it was on someone's top 10, a non-Joshi person's top 10 six months ago, they may have eight matches where they're like, oh, I'd rather have this on my list because this is the style of wrestling I like. Where in the back half of the year, they'll just be like, sure, I'll throw that on my top 10. And then there's nothing else to supersede it. Yeah. So right. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I think it's the first year where I'm interested to see. There doesn't feel like one match where I'm like, yep, this is going to be, you know, last year it was Utami Shuri. Was the match that it was like, this is going to be the top voted match of the year. I don't know that there is one this year. As you, know, you said, as you knows? said, where I'm like, it'll be this.
3: It could be Siri versus Julia from what is it, the 29th?
0: It could be although is that too late?
3: That's the thing, I don't know.
0: Where people are like, "Ah, oh, it's the 29th. Everyone's doing holiday stuff and they're like, oh, I'm too busy to watch the show in the next 2 days before I solidify my votes." Yeah. So yeah, it it could be, but yeah, you're right. It might be too late too. I mean, that match also has to be really good and sort of peak above a lot of other stuff.
3: Yeah. So we'll see. Speaking of a lot of other stuff, here's my number two. <laughs> uh, I went with the Sendai Girls World title match between Chihiro Hashimoto and Asuka from the Shenzhou Chronicle on uh, July 10th. This match is incredible. Going back and rewatching it yesterday, I was really just blown away by how good it was. These two are just throwing bombs the entire match and just taking wild bumps. Like it's such a great match, just hard hitting. Both are giving everything they have. Like it rocks and like I said earlier, I this is this is what pushed me to put Asuka in my as my wrestler of the year. Uh just incredible work here. I feel like this match has really flown under the radar, so definitely go back and give this one a watch before you finalize
0: your match of the year list. And finally, we have reached the top of the mountain, the number one match of the year, the best match of the year. My pick from Stardom, Fight, uh, Fight in the Top from June 26th my only my one and only five star match of the year tom nakano versus Natsupoy in the cage Uh, my runaway pick for the best match of the year just exactly my type of match kelly i know you mentioned you wish they had had some blood which would have been nice but i just thought it was overall a really tough fight it felt like a fight um And it was exactly my type of wrestling, really tough, really going at it, not holding back in the cage, which I thought was really fun, something that they don't um, really do in stardom. They had the main event in the cage, but that was after this. So just overall, all the sort of aspects of it coming together for a match that I went an easy five stars on and is my number one match of the year.
3: Uh, My number one comes to us from Tokyo Joshi. Uh, It is Yuka Sakazaki versus Miyu Watanabe in the Tokyo Princess Cup finals from August 14th. I absolutely love the story of this match of just Miyu fighting as hard as she can against the unstoppable force that is Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, when we first talked about this match on the show, I think I said this, it felt like Yuka was the Terminator here, and just this unfeeling, uncaring, unstoppable monster that is going to take out Miu and because Miyu just, she can't make it to the top of the mountain if she doesn't beat Yuka, and Yuka's just this force of nature who, she's the gatekeeper, and you know what? Miyu wasn't strong enough and she'll come back next year and try again. And hopefully maybe next year she'll be able to pull it off. But I just, I loved the story here. I loved the emotion. I loved the post match. Uh, Just an incredible match for me. This was for sure my number one Joshi match of the year.
0: So that was our matches of the year. And now I will lay out as Kelly presents the final award of the episode.
3: All right. I know you guys were all waiting for it. It is time for the 69th annual annual, not animal annual Rossi Ogawa Memorial Award for coolest boobs. So there was a little bit of controversy this year. We were going to have one winner, and then someone stepped in and said, "No, you can't do this." So, the winner of the award for the 69th year in a row, Hoshi Tango. Obviously, look at those. But here, let me tell you. Let me let me give you a little peek behind the curtain of the politics going on here. The committee had initially voted for Chan Yoda. Fantastic choice. Who can who can disagree? Look at Rossi. Look at that ride she gave him. He was having a great time. Obviously, that's who he's going to vote for. But the higher ups at Bushiroad stepped in and said, "No, no, no, we're not doing this. She's not winning. She's not a part of all of this, Rossi." I'm sorry, it can't happen. And you know what, Road? You can't take this from us. I'm I'm calling it right now. I've talked to John Moxley. We've both agreed. The award for coolest boobs goes to Chan Yoda. She did it, everyone. A round of applause.
0: Um so I have a question. Yes. Um Hoshitango is fifty-seven years old. So is the implication that he's won this 68 times that he was winning it prior to his conception?
3: Cool boobs are just, they go outside the realms of space and time.
0: (laughs) Okay. I think that's a good note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to say before we give our final farewell of the year, just as a note... Um, In two weeks, we will not have an episode. So this is our final episode for 2022, but we will be back in 2023. Uh, But before we go and give our final thoughts, I want to thank everyone who has listened to the podcast, who has listened to the podcast in 2022, who has reached out to us on Twitter or reached out to us in the voices of wrestling discord about the show, compliments, complaints, questions, concerns, any of that, we very much appreciate uh, you listening along with this very silly show. And Kelly, thank you uh, for being here as well. I've had a great time and I look forward to more great times in 2023.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I love hosting the show. Uh, It's always a fun time. And, uh, love all our little gremlins in the discord. I don't really do much in there, but I-, I lurk. I see what you're posting. And uh I guess big ups to all our haters too.
0: Kelly, do you have any final uh movie review of 2022?
3: Not really. Um, I saw the the fourth Evangelion movie in theaters the other day. That was fun. Uh, I guess I I could leave us on a quick little story. I went to a Christmas party last night. And uh, I don't know. I'm too old for this shit. Me and my friends were just hanging out in the basement while everyone was getting rowdy upstairs. Uh, And then uh, uh, some inebriated people came downstairs into the basement and trapped us into a game of never have I ever. And you know what? You you want to guess what I what I thought of what my never have I ever was? Taylor.
0: Do I want to guess what your never have I ever was? was. Cuz I couldn't
3: think of anything. Couldn't it just this is what came to mind first. I said never have I ever fucked my dad.
0: Okay, well, I thought ending on the talk of boobs transcending time and space was uh, a, a way to end the episode, but I guess that will be the way to end the episode. Um, glad to hear that that is the case, I guess.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, in good news. But anyway, that is all for us for 2022. We will see you in 2023. For Kelly, I am Taylor saying farewell.
3: Happy holidays, everybody. See you next year. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives.
0: It's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me.
3: Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations,
0: musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify,
3: or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network.